All scripture needs to be seen in context, otherwise it's impossible to understand. And the gospels in particular need to be seen as part of that narrative of what Jesus was doing to change his world. And so we've got Luke's gospel, one of the three synoptic gospels where there's a parallel in the text, the Gentile gospel, the gospel that's concerned about compassion and the place of women. And he's just cured a centurion's servant at the beginning of this chapter. So the chapter deals with a series of events in which the compassion of Christ changes people's lives and heals them, makes them whole anew. The gospel goes on with the story of John the Baptist's messengers coming to Jesus and saying, who are you? Who are you? So you've got the centurion's servant and John the Baptist following it and these healing stories in the middle. Jesus enters Nain. Nain in Hebrew means green pastures. Those of you who have been privileged to visit the Holy Land may remember this town, now slightly larger, up by the side of the road, almost in the shadow of Mount Tabor on the plain of Jezreel, still an agricultural community, the town of Nain. It's only mentioned once in the Bible, in St. Luke's Gospel. So we have a unique situation in a unique town that Jesus was clearly fond of near Nazareth. And unusually, Luke gives you the locale of the situation. He tells you exactly where it is, six miles southeast of Nazareth, at the foot of Little Hebron on the valley of Jezreel. Well, clearly we've got a highly packed emotional experience. A quick burial required by Jewish law means that before sunset the body need to be bound and buried to comply with Jewish law. And we've got two crowds noted. There's the crowd in the town coming out with a burial with a woman and another crowd following Jesus Christ coming into the town. So the gate of this little town must have seemed rather like the bank station on the way to work in the city of London because that's what it would be like for them. They would have clashed at the entrance. Jesus and his lot would have moved out of the way in respect for the bier, a plank on which there was a white covered corpse and the mother who was clearly deeply emotional with her town folk paid to mourn. So there were a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth A lot of music as they left the town. Music accompanies everything, doesn't it? Death and life, thank God, and this Eucharist. So we've got two lots, music, a woman, a dead, and Jesus, all at the town gateway. So what happens? Jesus sees the woman crying. He immediately goes to her sees her crying and goes to her. His heart went out to her, compassion. It's very interesting. If you look at it in the Aramaic, it's even more forceful. But in the Greek translation, 
It literally means he went to her emotionally. He traveled to her. Immediately there was a connection between the two of them. Don't cry, he says. Strange thing to say to the woman who's in mourning, isn't it? Don't cry. But somehow these words of Jesus clearly arrest the tears. Don't cry. He goes to the plank and the figure and he does something completely unacceptable to this Jewish community. He touches the body and the wood. He touches it. He completely identifies with this woman's problem. Everybody else has stood back. He goes to her and to the beer and touches it. Now that means that Jesus is unclean. So all the people who don't like him think we've really got him now. Very good. Here he is, this wonderful man, loved by everybody. Black Mark, touched the beer, dirty himself. We're not going to listen to him anymore. Jesus is not concerned with them. He's concerned with a woman, the dead boy, and that little tiny family unit. He says to the figure, dead figure, young man, I say to you, get up. To everybody's amazement, the man sits up and begins to talk. And Jesus takes him and gives him back to his mother. It's almost a pieta, isn't it? The reverse of a pieta. It's Jesus handing this son back to his mother. Overcome, overcome with love and healing in this case. And we're told they were filled with awe and praised God, saying of Jesus, a great prophet has appeared among us. God has come to help us. And the news of Jesus and this story spread abroad, we're told. Inevitably, the good news passed on. People react. Who is this prophet? We know that God loves us, but who is this man who's made this happen? Jesus' ministry in Luke's gospel is always led by compassion. He goes first of all to the problem, not to demonstrate his greatness, but to alleviate the suffering. And when he's done that, people then make comments about him. Very seldom does he say, I did this because. He leaves it as a process of healing. So the motive for Jesus when he approaches people is compassion and openness and understanding. So what is our motive when we approach each other or other people? A readiness to hear, compassion. If it's somebody you particularly don't like, does it make you go even more towards them, more to listen to them, or does it make you repel and remove yourself? What does it do to you if you don't like the look of somebody or how they sound? Or do you do what I do as a priest in charge, say I'm in the study and can't come out? Then somebody else has to deal with them. We all do it. We all do it. Jesus requires us to be open and alert and real people. 
and to go towards the other person, which sometimes works. I don't say it always does. Sometimes works. Because often people who have been totally rejected expect to get it again. And when it doesn't happen, there's a real problem. And then you can really, in some way, embrace and grasp them. But you can't always like them. That's asking a lot. So what are our motives in our human relationships, in the offices, in our homes, and where we are? Are we self-protecting, self-respecting, compassionate, or do we isolate ourselves for safety? Well, clearly today, in the town of Nain, Jesus Christ says to us, through the healing of this young man being given back to his mother, I give you back whatever is broken in you, whatever needs healing in you, whatever events have recently happened to you, I give them back to you changed, cleansed, healed, but you need to receive them. You need to say to God, thank you. I take back who I am and I believe that it's possible to grow and be healed. That's the secret of the story of what is known as the widow of Nain and her son. May we be healed daily by Jesus Christ. Amen.